0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Many of the stories I've covered on the history of Southwest Michigan explores the early pioneer period in the region. I've explored the early English and French periods in Michigan, but by far this does not represent the earliest stories available of the people that lived here. The early indigenous tribes in this region were the Ottawa, the Ojibwa, the Miami, and the Potawatomi, among many others that preceded them or may no longer be here. Today, I'm honored to have on the show Kevin Harris, who serves in the culture office at the Nottawasepi Huron Band of the Potawatomi, which is based out of Athens and Fulton area of Calhoun County. And we're going to talk about some of the history of the NHBP as well as some other amazing stories. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. Thank
1: you. Thanks for allowing me to be here.
0: Well, it's my honor, sir. Okay. So Kevin, could you begin by just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your role in the culture office for the NHBP? Oh, sure. Yep, so um <clears throat> it's formal to speak in our language our first language is a
1: uh, potawatomi language and um and our in the way we say potawatomi language is mimo okay. when translates to potawatomi language so uh okay. it's a simple introduction you know we speak we speak to you and uh um, introduce ourselves to the creator and, and you know who we are so uh we want to bolsho shiyax wa chic Egado them me God and be Um, uh, not kidding it's Kevin Harris culture specialist of, Band of the Nato Mississippi here on Ben in the Pottawatomie um, so what I said was uh, bulljo or way one of is a, a long word that uh, really just means hello it's a good introduction that we introduce each other as human beings and it mm-hmm. comes from our creation story and uh, sometimes you might hear bujo Bojo is a a shorter version of it, and uh, I said Jayak is all you, and I also said uh, my spirit name is Wawashmogizhik, and that means uh, lightning in the distance, and I also said that um, I am Turtle Clan, and um, I also said that uh, means uh, I am from Battle Creek, so if you know anything Uh about the languages uh english is backwards in our way so i said i am from actually it's um battle creek i am from if you translate it into english so just a little bit of Uh. education on our english but anyways uh how you doing everyone you know it's a good day to be here
0: yeah (laughs) that is a fascinating lesson right there wow that is something else could you tell us a little bit about the clans i mean there how many clans are there with the nhbp
1: Well, there's a, there's a handful of clans in a, in particular tribes. Um, There's about roughly, there's about eight clans that I know of.
0: Okay. And it gets
1: a lot deeper, you know, once you get into your culture and understanding what the spirituality they're taking on. Um, I said turtle clan. I'm part of the turtle clan. Um, I have Mm -hmm. relatives that are Martin clan, Eagle clan. Deer clan, I see. you know, and the list goes on, but they all represent these animals that split us apart in our families. So that we okay. have a distinctive uh, family member title. Some of us run by these clan systems and our duties, how we conduct ourselves on this earth uh, mimics the animal system. So it kind of okay. separates us other than our English name or our last names, but we're sometimes we're all at one tribe, but different clan systems. So we have different origins to what we do.
0: I see. So was there a geography part of that too? Like were the different clans living in different areas of the region or
1: No, that's just how um that's the system we go by from the creation of okay. time.
0: Okay. You know, certain
1: families um follow the certain animals in their duties in their in our ceremonies. You know, like uh just like uh the turtle clan. They're the they're the um pretty much the chief of all the water animals and they oh. they serve certain ranks inside our lodges and then you know there's bear clan they're the medicine people they serve certain specific duties in the lodge you know they they watch over everybody they're the, um pretty much the soldiers they protect everything and protect all the medicines things like that uh-huh. it's different duties that we have to do
0: well that's fascinating so what is the timeline of the Potawatomi in southwest Michigan? I understand from a prior presentation by the NHBP tribe that came to the Battle Creek Regional History Museum that the tribe originally originated in the Wisconsin region before they eventually right. migrated to right. Michigan and maybe Ohio. And
1: Yep, that's true. Um, there's, there's a long story about a lot of the migration, but our origin story of the Bodawatomi, the Potawatomi, uh we were already in this area in the Great Lakes region and hence mm-hmm. to what the names are of the states. Uh Wisconsin is uh it translates into English as prairie, the prairie place. So that oh. lets you know that that that's already hinting that the Potawatomi are in this area. And right. uh we end up migrating due to some of the the, the new face arriving and the, some of the, the prophecies that we are hearing about. And uh okay. some say we came from the East Coast. Which that would be an Ojibwe and Anishinaabe, the umbrella of you know a lot of us, but uh, the Potawatomi okay. we have a distinctive story through our language, with the location and why certain states are called these certain names, and it translates to Potawatomi language, from uh, okay. Wisconsin all the way down to Indiana, to Michigan. Michigan is a translates into a Potawatomi name as well.
0: Oh wow, that's fascinating. So. In Michigan, the Potawatomi is more on the southern part of the state, all the way over to the Detroit area?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were more into the Wisconsin, Ohio, Chicago, a lower okay. part of Michigan in that region. Okay. Originally. But we kind of, you know, we moved through through the seasons and, you know, what, what prophecies that we had visioned on and where to go. Okay. Okay majority is in those same areas
0: and what was the what would be the diet of the original um tribe when during that time period say when the french settlers were here i mean was it uh the diet as in food uh, yeah what was the food what was the food like was it was it animal was it i understand rice is part of it was I've, i've been talking to trying to learn as much as i can about the potawatomi um um, the, ma- <laughs>
1: the majority of the diet was, um, uh, you know, cereal and milk. No, just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> we, we did, uh, <laughs> we relied on a lot of wild rice. We relied right, okay. on a lot of, uh, wild game.
0: The okay. best game
1: that all hunters drive to is what our original mm-hmm. diet was, you know, the succeed, the deer, you know, we relied mm-hmm. on the deer, we relied on the water when uh when we could go fishing you know the you only can eat deer at a certain time of the year otherwise it's mm-hmm. poison and then we would go to the fish you know we eat salmon we would eat a a bluegill perch things mm-hmm. like that we would eat all the fruits and natural resources here that's in michigan you know you, you got you got peaches uh apples um we have vegetation like squash corn um uh, mm-hmm. no potatoes you know that was way out out the other hemisphere but it didn't get here yet but we relied Mm -hmm. on things like that you know uh the three sisters squash peas the corn okay um just a lot of natural foods that you do see you know even dandelion you know we relied on so many different vegetation that's that's natural to this land right now right in your backyard you can eat those plants
0: From my research in the writings of, like, the pioneer collections that were written in Michigan, there's a considerable lot of references that the early trading of the first settlers that they engaged mm-hmm. with was with the Potawatomi. And that it's a pretty known fact that a lot of the, those early pioneer settlers wouldn't have survived the first winter had it not been for that relationship with the Potawatomi um, yeah. that they encountered. Holy know, cow. Uh,
1: well, a lot, you know, it's common sense. You see what you know. You don't know until you experience it. So right. it's not, you know, lack of education, but more lack of experience to the land. So yeah, you wouldn't survive at all if you didn't know what was in front
0: of you. What what items do you think that they were trading with the Potawatomi when they refer to? Was it would have been rice? They would have traded, or other? there would have
1: been a whole lot of um, a whole lot of food tra- traded within um, the French. Um, we mm-hmm. traded for the, the for majority of the hard stuff, more like uh, metals. Uh, we got introduced okay. to cloth, silvers, uh, weapons, mm-hmm. knives, guns, um, even right. alcohol, which was the, the worst thing they could trade us. But, right. you know, an exchange of food and the land and what they can eat, you know, it's all about how can they survive.
0: And maple syrup was something the tribe was already, maple sugar Oh, something yeah. the tribe was already yes. harvesting
1: on their own. Yep. Yep. With the maple sugar. You know, that that's that's a up north thing, you know. It's it goes all the way out to Pennsylvania, almost to New York. You know, mm-hmm. that maple tree. It's always been here, you know, and it's it's in our creation story, they talk about um how that began. You know, it used to run plentiful. You know, um, they used to just drip off the, the sticks. You could break a stick and that syrup would just start dripping down. But the people, you know, they would just lay on their backs and drink it and drink it and drink it until finally you notice that you're not working as hard to do anything in life. And the creator, right. you know, the story behind it is one of our creation stories. And um, he he had uh-huh. a messenger to come water down that tree, watered it down so much to where you had to boil it to make that beautiful medicine again. And um, we honor that way. We boil it ourselves in the old way. You know, we collect syrup every year, then we boil it down the old-fashioned way over the fire. But we also have a facility that uh, that's up to date, and uh, we have our mm-hmm. own uh, cooking mechanisms that we do when we harvest our own syrup. But it's a it's a medicine as well when it's uh, added to uh, unfiltered stage. is medicine that we mm. use for our healers in our ceremonies and things like that it's our first server. Wow,
0: Wow. i had no idea that's that's amazing and they're still doing that on the on the reservation down there oh yeah oh wow it's a part of our
1: uh, sovereignty you know we Mm -hmm. have to keep these um these outdoor activities active so that we 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 cease to be still you know so we still have that voice and uh, it creates our sovereignty our food sovereignty program and you know, especially with the okay. government, you know, they wanted us to not be existing anymore, but we are still here. So right. this is why we uh, exercise that majority of the time to mm-hmm. to show, you know, that we still exist. And this is our natural, our food system. And it's very important to keep revitalizing that.
0: Wow. And I heard that um, when I look at the Potawatomi, the NHBP website. Um, yeah. Which is nhbp dot or dash nsn dot gov if anybody out there is interested in checking it out, uh, but you can just Google um, nhbp and you'll find it. There's a uh, reference that uh, the Twaotawanami were river people. Is that would that be a fair assessment that they followed the riverway waterways yep. throughout the regions yep. and that was their?
1: It was you know pretty much common sense because we uh our culture our. Our whole background is about natural law and natural mm-hmm. instinct. Um, a lot of Native Americans traveled by water. They stayed by water because they needed that fresh water and that fresh vegetation and that food source. But uh, mm-hmm. Potawatomi, the Ojibwe, and the Ottawa, the Miami, the Iroquois, you know, they're all by these waterways. And um, part of our name, it talks in the language, it refers to water, not a wasipi. And that's uh, oh. it's it's a it breaks down to two words, uh, Snake River. You know the the animacy of that that snake that that waterway, mm-hmm. and how it mm-hmm. um has that snake that snake shape. So part of that name, not is part of that that word that riverway. So our mm-hmm. name breaks down to location, and what people were from, what area, and uh, the reservation title.
0: Wow, that's interesting. But that's what we had to deal with. That. Sure. Yeah. Do you, Do you have any stories that you'd like to share that might help people listening give a better understanding of the culture in general? Oh yeah. Um, so um. With I the mean, culture, you shared a lot already. I just. Yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> it gets
1: my, It's miles deep in the culture.
0: It's so much yeah. you
1: can learn. Everyday life is is culture. You know, the mm-hmm. culture starts in within. You know, we um we we heal from the inside out. A lot of non non natives they heal from outside in, but our teachings mm-hmm. come from the inside, referring to your spirit, referring to your heart. You know that that genuineness, the humanness, the humbles feeling you can have is love. To know love, right. you'll understand peace, and uh, culture is all about peace and understanding. So a lot of that uh, a lot of our natural ways has to do with revitalizing how to work on ourselves self-healing our, our ceremonies uh-huh. is about self-knowledge um some of our ceremonies that we attend the Madewin lodge is a uh, is the way of the heart so we're digging into our our true who we are unlearning and relearning who we are uh-huh. from the beginning time how the creator intended us to be and then uh, also our other lodge we used to be a part of um the government took that away because we're so animate in our teachings and And it was so real to them. It was called the Wabano Lodge, a power lodge. And it was about that morning star and that sacred fire. And uh, they took that away from us a long time ago. But we still have that ceremony, the sunrise ceremony in the morning. So a lot of it it just has to do with um, understanding the creator and why we are here and why we conduct ourselves being stewards of the earth and take care of the earth because the earth will take care of you. So right. we have to maintain that connection to the earth and also have that antenna connection to the Creator, which is the root to a lot of the a lot of the culture why we do the things we do. why are we so uh, connected in that way. And uh, a lot of it is common sense. you know we know from right from wrong. Uh, we know what plants to eat and, uh, and we also follow the animals. The animals were here first. Before the animals there was art, the plant life in the rocks. In the natural elements of this world but we follow the animal instinct you know we you know what the bear eats what can we eat uh mm-hmm. what does that rabbit eat we can eat that follow the birds see what they're eating you know we followed all these this mm-hmm. natural ecosystem as human beings and it was just that in that creation story it talks about that being that that first man being lowered down to earth uh that word nishinaabe means man lowered to earth and the nishinaabe is a, a, a umbrella name for all of us, the oh. red race. And um, also there's there's stories about four colors of man, you know, the, the red, the black, the yellow, and white. We're all interconnected and we're all mm-hmm. lowered down at different times of, of the, cre- the creation of earth. And we're all relatives and we all had different wow. duties to to maintain on this earth. But a lot of our brothers forgot about it. And you can see the opposite of what's happening on each part of the continent. The red race, we're always stewarding. We're always fighting for the earth. We're always living amongst the earth. And you know, you go right. to the opposite side of that. And um, there's, different, there's different duties that our brothers were supposed to be maintaining. And that's where we fall into this disconnect. And maybe it's a wall, it's a wall there of, of unknowledge wall that they can't grab onto until that uh, racial healing is here, so we're all being human beings. We're all intended to take care of this earth, and that's where you create that love and that peace, and that's when the world will be a better place. Once we get on the on one one knowledge, one um yeah. you know one duty, you know, and that's the main thing about being human is is a reason why we're here and who 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 created us, and it's not in. It's in the Bibles, it's in religions, but it's in our creation story through our language. And a lot of it is through a language that was never written. We didn't get a written dictionary until about 2003, 2006. The Potawatomi Dictionary, we started writing our language down and revitalizing and translating it into English. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of history that's, that's just now starting to reveal itself. And why do we do the things we do? And that's that's what culture is. We're all indigenous. Mm-hmm. We all come from a different place of the world, a location of right. land. And also we have, all of us have our own different identities, which is our languages. So, uh, you know, you see, mm-hmm. you, you break down a lot of things in this world. You, we have this racist format, you know, black and white, but where, do, where does it stop? We're all indigenous. We all come from a, our, a, a natural element. Right. We all have a different language creator created it like that so it can all be different but still mm-hmm. we still have the same vital structure as any other human being which is our art and what's maintained out of that we're all what 80 percent water and on you know, the rest mm-hmm. of it is part of the earth that's why we decompose and go back into the earth and be with the earth again you know but this is you know this that's knowledge that you have to you have to kind of sit back and think about it and understand why we're still here and why do we go to another place you know what's happening on this mm-hmm. earth is happening on the other side and that's what we like to call the spirit world
0: wow that is the most beautiful assessment of mankind that i've ever heard that is um amazing that is that is so enlightening to look at it from that perspective um that's just wow it gives me. more people hopefully this will people can hear this podcast and uh oh, yeah. really get the lesson within because that is so brilliant i mean and, and it's and it's a deep level of brilliance like it goes way back in time of the wisdom you know like you know when you've tapped into something amazingly yeah that has deep wisdom in it and that that right there just resonates to the dawn of time you know that is uh something very very special do, do it, you have any personal stories growing up um, that you can recount maybe as some right, of the well, lessons that you learned growing up as a part oh of the NHPP? Yeah.
1: I grew up I grew up in a I grew up in a in a small world, you know. I was I, I was I was born and raised in a city. And uh mm-hmm. I had this fear on myself for a long time, you know, it was a fear and I didn't overcome it till I was older. And understand that fear was because I love people and the society Mm -hmm. created fear. And to me, to where it created a dislike on certain people, how they treated you. Mm. Just this is common, though. You know, people create anger, but I had to understand what love really meant. And the way I can describe it is just going for what I know was natural and it was in my culture. So I started digging in my culture a little bit more and more and more trying to understand it. I'm not perfect, but the creator Mm -hmm. never, you know, creator is perfect. This is why we have a way there's teachers in our culture that allow us to stray off. We're only human, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're able to stray off here and there, but don't stray off too far to where you you crash out. There's a road we call red road. You, You maintain that road. And maybe in the English world, that's being on the right path in life. And in the, in the Bible or the religious world, that's doing the right thing that Creator wants you to do, stay in focused, mm-hmm. you know. But it's right. all about focus. And you understand focus, you understand what your main purpose is on this world, mm-hmm. you know, is to stay focused and don't worry about that. But what I learned about growth in our culture is about, is the opposite of you. There's a twin. And a lot of cultures, they have a yin and yang theory or, or good and evil. There's always going to be mm-hmm. that but we always acknowledge that bad side because we wouldn't know what it means to be happy or be nice if we didn't know that bad side. But you have to have a balance between them two. And that's that's your opposite side of you. And I've been learning that in our sweat lodge and it's in our creation story that talks about that too. Mm -hmm. But it's something that you got to really think about. We dig more into our opposite side, that bad guy, when there's defending ourselves, where there's the fear, you know, that fear brings Mm -hmm. out a lot. You know, nobody's going to do this to me or I'm going to stand, you know, put that mm-hmm. put that battle, that battle face on. And a lot of times that don't get you nowhere. Right. You just right. fight with yourself the whole time and society will judge you on that and put you where you need to be. But once you understand self self-knowledge, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. start to focus on that good side. OK, I can love more than I can hate. And maybe if I love a little bit more, maybe I won't feel that shamefulness or that fear. And maybe, you know, a lot of that growth, which is, is a growth, unlearn and relearn who you really are and what you're supposed to be. You know, you'll mm-hmm. be a better person. You'll be a better dad, better son, better daughter. You know, you'll be a better person to the creator. You know, it, it, it's a whole lot of it, but it's, it's hard to stay on that path when you live in this cruel world, you know. But mm-hmm. that culture is really drives people to to find that that spot in their life. And even in church, you know, the Bible, that it, it talks about that, too, how to get you right on the right path. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Oh, it's there. And, you know, the creator, you know, my spirit has been calling me for a long time. And that's that name I got. And it means lightning in the mm-hmm. distance before a storm comes. And that's that Ah. that spirituality of me, you know, before that storm comes, you're going to see all that back there. But when it comes, let's be prepared of what's going to happen because things are going to happen and you got to be able to fight it. You got to be able to, you know, work with it. And a lot of our, in our prophecies, they knew that that new face was coming and that colonization and that genocide and how the native people will be Mm -hmm. uh, destroyed in those ways. How do you live with it? How do you live traditionally in the modern world? And I'm mm-hmm. an example of that because I wasn't in a wigwam. My family, mm. they, some of them went to boarding school and got decolonized. Some of them oh. didn't make it. Some of them died at 30 from alcoholism because they couldn't accept the fact that life was so harsh, you know, mm-hmm. and that addiction is in our blood a lot, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. how do you overcome it? And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of that, of that environment. And where does this stop? It starts stops today. You know, we mm-hmm. got to teach the kids a little bit of this. They might not understand it yet, but once they cry and break a few times, they'll understand, you know, what this is about. And right. it's lonely when you're, when you're focused. And a lot of people don't like to be lonely. They'll rather go where it's easy. And that's mm-hmm. where the biggest crowd is set <laughs> is where it's easy but you gotta walk right. this world alone a little bit to understand what it's all about. But in my, that's my personal of of how I, I how I see things. So right. I, I, I do uh I maintain a fire for our people when I don't want to. A lot of them are mm-hmm. are funeral fires, four days straight, uh-huh. all day, right. all night. And sometimes you don't want to do that because it's like how many times you're gonna see it, and you will break a few times, but. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you separate yourself from the common folk, which then that's when you start stepping into leadership. You know, you start doing things for the people that they can't do or they they're not ready for. So you go in those lodges and you start learning these teachings and you start praying for people and you start getting your pipes, your tools, things like that to work on yourself and the people. You know, you just walk a different path. But, you know, it is, it's hard and it's lonely, but. It's a, it's, so a, the, a,
0: the teaching process involves um, part of fire keeping is part of, you were describing that there? Yeah. Some that of that our, for a f- our
1: original um, ceremonies is that sacred fire is okay. our connection to the creator, that fire itself. is struck in, struck naturally with um, flint okay. and steel, with um, okay. katagan we call. It's a, a yellow birch fungus that grows off the yellow birch when it's broken. It's a scab of okay. it. A lot of people call it chaga. They drink it. It's a medicine tea. We use mm-hmm. that fibrous material to strike our fires with it. The, the ambers fall onto it and we strike it pure. But mm-hmm. that's one of our oldest um, ancient ceremonies that we've ever had. Okay. And we like that when you know, we're in grief, when we're in ceremony to start our ceremonies for powwows, mm-hmm. for our sunrise, when that, uh, that morning star breaks that sky. But the potawatomi—that's what potawatomi means in our language. bold way, Watimi is a he who maintains a fire.
0: Okay, wow. It's
1: to our casino, Firekeepers Casino. So, it, so you, know, you
0: the the we going back to the NHBP history a little bit. I, yep. I was looking at the website and the federal recognition process. I was astonished that it was about a fifty-year journey or more. Oh, yeah. That they began in the 1930s, and they finally got federal recognition after tons and tons of documentation yes, in December I of 1995. Can. So you guys just recently celebrated an anniversary, right, in December, December yep. 19th, on Federal Recognition Day yes, for the NHBP. Um, that, that's kind of like a holiday celebration within, of sorts within the tribe. They do special ceremonies or...?
1: Well, they give everybody a day off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. they put down the government center, you know, and just in honor of that right. day. Do whatever you're going to okay. do. Majority of people, they celebrate by posting pictures on social media, you know, just remembering that day. But yeah, spend
0: time with that family. A maybe document you're...
1: that they had to bring over in Washington was bigger than a dictionary. Holy wow. cow. I, I, watched, I looked at it. I read a few of those. the chapters to it, and it was wow. just basically – Having to prove that you still exist. What are you doing? What do you eat? Do you go to school? Do you read and write? How many kids are in your family? You know, who graduated that year? You know, they wrote down every single thing in there to let them know that they still exist. Wow. But it was several failed attempts to be recognized that way because, you know, it was about money and land. Yeah. So why would you want to be recognized? Why would you want to recognize these people when we're already conquering them? but when they right, didn't give right. up how can we not deny them we have to give right. them that that right now and it's in our treaties some of those documents wow. were, were weren't signed mm-hmm. but
0: are there other holidays or uh, throughout the year that the the tribe recognize other than maybe the national holidays of the country but are there any like i know that you guys do a powwow but that's not really a holiday that's more yeah. of a a ceremony and you have several powwows, but, um, I attended yeah. it this year. It was quite impressive, but are there other special holidays? I mean, I, obviously the recognition day is probably on your calendar.
1: Um, we don't celebrate any holidays. There wouldn't be okay. any holidays. That would be, you know, the American view of things, but celebrations, right. we have a uh, seasonal celebrations. Every season has a celebration. Every full moon okay. has a celebration uh we do um we just got uh what was that christopher columbus columbus days turned into a native american month so that got passed nationally okay Um, good majority of it is is just about the ceremonies really is just celebrations of everything Mm -hmm. so we have like a uh our tribe well a lot of tribes do this they have uh the new year starts in spring, so our new year is springtime when, when the grass is mm-hmm. growing and the birds are coming back and the bears coming out of his, his home, and uh, finding his mate. You know, and the water's breaking that ice. We call that spring right. ceremony. Uh, we have uh, full moon ceremonies every every month with the women, mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, summer ceremonies. You know, some might be calling it a powwow or get together. And we have fall ceremonies when we harvest all our um, our vegetables, our natural, uh, our rice, wild rice. We we'll go and hunt and harvest and get ready for the winter. And then, of okay. course, we have a, um, a spirit supper. A lot of folks have their yearlies. When, the, when their folks pass away, they have that year celebration. So who knows what okay. month and what day that is? You know they always have them, but we 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 um support. At the end of the year, we host it for all the people that don't understand that way, and that they get to have their year celebration when we host it, called Ghost Supper oh, or Spirit Supper. Okay. But a lot of it, you know, it's revitalization. The tribe itself is the is more like a a home to revitalize a lot of things that they don't do on a regular. So we call it host. We host a lot of
0: it. Mhm. That's amazing. So, what role do the elders play in present tribal activities and management? Holy cow! The elders don't stand <laughs> in their way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is the structure <laughs> of leadership, right? The elders are the are the hierarchy of leadership.
1: The elders come first. They. Oh, wow. They're they're powerful. OK. They say what they want to say and they do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if They don't feel like it's right. You know, that sometimes they get their way, but sometimes they're not always right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only because their generation of what was right and wrong is totally different from what's going on right now. I see. And, uh, you know, of course, with old age, you know, sometimes they're a little bit uh, a little bit uh, stern. Mm hmm. But in our culture, with with our tribe, you know, the elders come first. They eat first. You know, we, we support them because they're on their journey out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, we're going to miss them. Every time they give us a teaching, we take it. And that's where majority of the teachings and the words I got are from the elders. Never learn from nobody young. Right. They're always the elders. You know, you listen. You just keep listening, picking up things. Our grandmas, grand, great grandmas, and our uncles. Mm-hmm. You know they're always saying little things like that, little little things that catch your ear when you grow up, and you wonder why they say it, and now you understand. You know it turns into wisdom once their their hair is white.
0: Wow, I wish more uh, cultures would pick that up. I mean, there's the the, the tribal culture is definitely um, one of the few that uh, still carries on that tradition. There's some other other parts of the Orient yeah. that do that, but uh, certainly in America they've broken down from respecting their elders a lot, you know. Um.
1: Yeah. We got something called um, the seven grandfather teachings. Hmm. There were seven gifts that the elders gave uh, to the people. But, you know, with age and growth, no one would um, actually conceive them, right? right? They had to go to a young boy, and there that, that was a the little boy that um, ended up getting these gifts, and he was to take them to his people and teach them. And by the time he got uh, old and wise, <laughs> that was the end of his journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he finally got rid of all his gifts to the people. And that was he. Now he's an elder.
0: Interesting. And there
1: you have it. You know, <laughs> at the end of that end of that journey, you're an elder. And now you get rid of all these seven gifts. Wow. We will never know until you know we grow old. It takes time. It takes years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what we're intended to do. Gotta be knocked on our butts a little bit to understand how to stand back up, and that's the values of life in our cultures too. You got to work hard and never give up. You got to keep going. A lot of those teachings start like that, especially like with the sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have everything. You got to work for it. Right.
0: So, does the elders do the elders have any um, history of? I don't know if you've heard about the the history of the mound builders which are historically referred to as the people that were here before the Potawatomi. And I know a lot of the writings I've read on the history books that they, people yeah. asked the Potawatomi who they were and they didn't know, they were just know that they were here before and they respected the mounds that were there. Were they burial mounds or do we, do they yeah. know much about yeah. who they were?
1: There's, um, there's some are Algonquin people. Mm-hmm. There are ancient relatives, um, I think it's, I forgot the name of it, but they're in Mississippi along the Mississippi river. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of mounds there, but our people, um, historically we all uh, buried our people in mounds. Okay. And, uh, of course we, we probably adapted to what some common sense burial, uh-huh. you know, how can we bury them better? You know, but a lot of our people are in, in the mound structure and to the ground there, that six feet deal was never a measurement for us. Mm. You go to our our, our res right now, and uh, I just looked at it yesterday. I walked back there, and uh, there's a small mound with little rocks around this burial. Mm -hmm. And that lets me know that they were smart. They were understanding how to rebury their people in different ways. But they still had the structure of that mound. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of them historically did bury them in mounds. You know, it -hmm. it was a a big mound.
0: Yeah, there's apparently uh, one still... there's apparently a mound somewhere uh, at, at the uh, the park in Bronson Park in Kalamazoo. Um, the the park is built yeah. around one of the original mounds. That's probably the only remaining one in that area of the the county over there. I know a lot of them were yeah, built over here and, yeah, turned into big burial mound. Yeah, I noticed at the powwow last year the um, there was a lot of the members of the armed forces veterans were recognized and honored as yeah. part of the powwow ceremonies. Um, could you yep. talk a little bit about um, that maybe? Yep.
1: Well, the, um, <clears throat> they call them the, uh-huh. the veterans that are the warriors. Um, some of them went to war before they were even citizens of the United States over oh, okay. 8,000 of them served in world war one. Oh, okay. Uh, before they were citizens. So they, um, when they left our people didn't know if they were going to come back historically we when we went to war we always wore our feathers mm-hmm. so that we could have that connection to the creator and we wore our paint on our face so we could be identified by the creator mm-hmm. in the spirit world and uh, historically that's how that was and then when the US government offered uh, a change we um, a lot of them went out to war to mm-hmm. feed their families or just to get away from what's going on now well in that decade and uh when they came back they were um they came back in honoring in this uh celebration of this powwow mm-hmm. so when you see those flags posted first it's in honor of those will get you, dog that went to war that never came back mm-hmm. and the ones that did come back they call them the veterans so they walk these staffs in in honor of all those warriors that never was able to come back okay and uh historically the the staffs we uh count coup cool. we never intentionally wanted to kill one another so some of those staffs are are bent over at the tips and some have points having points means that's that's a weapon
0: okay. so we
1: historically we end up bending the tips around to create peace we count coup cool, see who's faster than the other you know, if I could touch you or I could hit you uh-huh. like a slap box match.
0: Right. So
1: we never really wanted to hurt each other. We'd hurt each other. True. We have. Mm-hmm. But the, the healing part of it, we were taught not to hurt each other anymore. So those are different symbols of of being brave and to honor our people once again. Right. And now uh, you see these flags being posted in honor of all that. And it revitalizes a story. You know what? You know what? Uh, when they went out to to go get the buffalo, or went out to hunt, mm-hmm. or go talk to the government when they came, you know, it was revitalizing these stories. But you didn't start seeing that until the late in the early '70s, when the veterans started coming back from the war,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: World War One, Vietnam, you know, all these different wars, and they would come back and and representing that uh, some of those fallen warriors, and they come first because you know. That's, it's in the celebration of some people that didn't make it okay
0: well i know that it also was uh there was a regiment in the civil war that was put together of uh, native american sharpshooters and i know some potawatomi oh, yeah. were there because there's one of them that's buried yep. at your cemetery there is one was part of that regiment yep. so it was civil war there was a special regiment that they uh from all over the state of michigan and uh,
1: that's unique you mentioned that because um I'm an artist, and I wanted to dedicate uh, um, a design I want to do about Thomas Weasel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a part of our tribe. He was one of the Americans' uh, sharpshooters uh-huh. from Athens. Yep. And uh, he's on a lot of postcards. He's, he has a turban with his feathers going straight up.
0: Wow.
1: He's sitting in Indian style. But he's, you know, you hear a lot about uh, cold talkers. Yeah. But you'll never hear about the ones, you know, the ones that really put in some work. Right those sharpshooters yeah and thomas Weezer was one of our own
0: yeah they were probably in harsher conditions during that war than the code talkers were oh yeah yeah
1: and then you got uh
0: the other group company k yeah yeah company k was part of the sharpshooters and uh wow quite a legend quite quite legendary um fighters and uh it's quite a whole story there unto itself that is impressive, yeah. you know. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you today, you know, Kevin. It's been – I've learned a lot. It's always nice. You know. <laughs> That's great. So is there any last-minute stories you want to uh, tell people or, or could you tell maybe where people wanted to find out more about NHBP? Are there any uh, programs or events that are open to the public that people can visit if they wanted to find out about learning more about the tribe and
1: well with the tribe we're um you know we're still revitalizing old pieces to our culture mm-hmm. a lot of it was um destroyed a lot of our elders aren't here anymore but we do host a lot of uh, events that that uh um, talk about a lot of the history you know we have a powwow in june okay every summer two-day powwow and uh you get to see the revitalization you know the stories, different categories mm-hmm. of of um dances and what they represent and then uh new year's eve uh this is our third annual we have a sobriety powwow okay and it's been hosted at kellogg arena um and we also have a website you get on the website and you can go to culture dropbox or you could go to wasea book which is just which is our one of our um our other website companies okay and they have a lot of history on that too okay but and my on my path too i'm an artist so all of my artwork is revitalizing history. Um, I have a design called the warriors. Okay. Um, the warriors of the land, you know, mm-hmm. it's in your DNA. And there's a bunch of uh, Potawatomi history and American history, uh, inside the design. Okay. So everything I do is, is showing the world what we don't see anymore in history books. And a lot of folks don't read anymore. So I figure if I can draw a picture, and show them what history is, and also motivate us, and also bring it to a fashionable sense. They can understand who we are and what we represent.
0: Do you have a website where your designs are available? A
1: lot of my designs are on Facebook right now. My Facebook is um, Wogama Anishinaabe, W-G-E-M-A, N S -S N-E-S-H-N-A-B. E.
0: Can you email that to me?
1: <laughs>
0: I'll have you yeah, email I can, that I can to email me. That
1: <laughs> but my main uh, my main goal is to revitalize history through mm-hmm. art. Okay. And uh, my uncle, he was uh, notorious for that, and he said, "You know, keep it going." And uh, he passed away from alcohol, and he never got a chance to really show who he really was through his art. And that's where I left. I, I started drawing again and doing all this artwork i have artwork in firekeepers casino mm-hmm. over in the second tower some paintings and uh, i have a a brand called of art of culture great uh the culture depth culture department not the nhbp culture department but the culture department in itself mm-hmm. and it represents culture all cultures all walks of life but specifically is it's the native culture right now because we're digging into history mm-hmm. and uh, i go out to schools too and uh talk about a lot of this stuff too. And uh, I'm a, a, like a guest speaker. So sure. you can go to job forum and our culture job form. And, uh, you can request things too. If you want any information or if you want any speaks speaking done in a corporation or at your schools, you know, just to make an awareness, a lot of culture sensitivity work and racial healing. Mm-hmm. It, it helps me out as a person and it helps the world out too.
0: Yeah,
1: Cause they get to see it in, in, in real view. Yeah, Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the platform and uh, Miko miigwech. Yes, yeah, sir. And uh, by my P, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Okay, thank you. We don't say goodbye either. No bad words. Okay.
0: Well, I have been speaking with Kevin Harris. He's from the culture office at the Nottawa Seppi Huron Band of the Potawatomi. We've had a fascinating talk about everything from stories of the tribal history to some of the intimate details of culture. And I will put the links... That Kevin mentions, and I'll have him send me links that he wants me to put in the description notes of this episode so you can check them out and find out more information and reach out and, you know, engage and take part in any of these events that they have coming up. And I will also put the links to the NHBP website that I mentioned in this interview. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.